In a world where uncertainty reigns supreme, where shadows of chaos dance at every turn, one truth emerges unyielding. Preparation is not a luxury, but a lifeline. Behold the Wellness Company, a beacon of readiness amidst the tempestuous seas of fate. Envision a sanctuary of tranquility, where the tumult of unforeseen medical crises finds no purchase. The Wellness Company's Medical Emergency Kit stands as a bastion of assurance, a fortress of resilience against the unseen foes of health. Within its sacred confines lie the tools of salvation. Ivermectin, to ward off the insidious whispers of disease. Emergency antibiotics, to quell the raging storms of infection. Antivirals, to vanquish the relentless tides of contagion and more. The Wellness Company Medical Emergency Kit is not merely a collection of supplies. It is the embodiment of preparedness itself. Crafted by the hands of esteemed healers led by luminaries such as Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. James Thorpe, Dr. Harvey Risch, and Dr. Drew Pinsky, this kit stands as the pinnacle of safety, the zenith of prevention. These truth-seeking doctors have forged a testament to vigilance, a testament to the unwavering pursuit of well-being. Embrace the certainty that comes from being armed against adversity. Embrace the Wellness Company, for in its embrace lies the promise of resilience, the promise of a brighter tomorrow amidst the chaos of today. Don't wait for the next crisis to strike. Visit twc.health forward slash strange planet and use promo code strange planet for an exclusive 10% discount. Prepare today and rest easy tomorrow. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Richard Serrett's Strange Planet Following the truth wherever it leads Exposing evil and corruption And the secret machinations of powerful elites Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality Coming to you from the Great White North And his studio beneath the stairs Here's Richard Welcome to another episode of Strange Planet. Thanks, as always, for sticking me in your ear. You know, I'm old enough to remember uh, some old TV sitcoms like Petticoat Junction. And uh, on Petticoat Junction, they would have characters from another sitcom appear on that sitcom. Like, for example, Green Acres. I'm really dating myself now, but just bear with me. So this, <laughs> this episode of Strange Planet is a little bit like that. Not that this is Petticoat Junction or Green Acres, but I'm inviting some other podcasters to come on my show because we sort of toil in a similar vineyard, my guests and I, although their uh, podcast is not your grandfather's paranormal podcast. In fact, it's billed as a loose canon podcast featuring casual conversations with whomever we deem interesting, often on the fringe, like Coast to Coast, but on demand, like a less compromised Joe Rogan experience. I welcome to the program the uh, co-hosts of Grimerica, Darren Grimes and Graham Dunlop. Darren and Graham, welcome. How are you? Good. Yeah. Thanks for having us, Richard. We were, I was, we were listening to you back when we first started. I think we had you on the show years and years ago. 
We did. I wanted to start that off by saying a big thank you to Richard because you were you took a chance with us, you know, fledgling little podcast. I think you were like episode 14 almost 10 years ago. And you gave us a chance and like people like yourselves really helped us like have a great start in the podcasting realm. And uh, we really appreciate it. Oh, wow. And how many episodes uh, is Grimeric up to now? Uh, about 600 in the in the normal feed. And then we have a separate show that's got about 160, I think. That's Grimerica Outlawed, the second show? Yes, yeah, yeah. It's been off. Yeah. All yeah. right. So let me just um, uh, give folks a, a, a little uh, portrait of who you guys are. Darren is a host, engineer, and editor of Grimerica. And uh, Darren spent his formative years raised by his mother in northern Ontario. I spent a lot of time in my youth, north of Superior. Darren spent his early adult adulthood working in the steel industry, eventually landing him in... Calgary, Alberta, and during this time, Darren and his friend Graham Dunlop started the Grimerica podcast, an interview podcast about all things they and their podcast community find interesting, which helped lead him to uh, many, many rabbit holes. And today, Darren raises two young daughters in Alberta, working as a podcast host, author, and entrepreneur. Graham Dunlop is host, producer, and writer. Graham's primary passions are podcasting, researching, and helping others. He's obsessed with learning and self-improvement. And uh, Graham and Darren again started the Grimerica podcast in 2013. Their show has continued to grow into a sizable and loving community. Most recently, he's pursued a spin-off podcast called Grimerica Outlawed and has narrated various audio books. You do something very interesting. You you do trips and events and uh like podcast, what that, that lasts the entire weekend? Tell me about this. This is a rather novel approach. Well, yeah, I wouldn't. I don't know how. I guess people started calling a podcast, but it was really more of um, kind of like a micro conference. And with the added, with the money is saved from not having to bring in like because we've seen those big ones like Paradigm Symposium kind of come in and try and do it and have trouble because you're paying all these guys expenses and whatever their fee is. And I think, man, that one paradigm symposium probably had a hundred thousand dollars or close to just in getting people there. And for that kind of money, you know, you could take uh, Randall Carlson and a couple of people and go just about any place in the world. So we kind of, yeah, fell into, we had started, I guess it kind of started as meetups for our podcast. That's what the first couple of events were. We're just straight meetups with people that listen to the show and then the it you know it wasn't really sustainable it was expensive it was a lot of traveling and explaining to the family that you're going to spend a bunch of money and travel to go hang out with friends you made from the podcast that you're already spending a bunch of time on and uh you know and we weren't making any money back then so it was all this was out of pocket um, so, and we had talked to Randall and done this like little tour. We had missed Randall actually. So we had, we had hung out with Randall a bunch, but we had gone down to the Washington Scablons, missed Randall by a couple hours, but his associate Brad was still there. And he showed us around on the stuff that Randall Carlson's been on Joe Rogan now multiple times talking about and sort of made famous. But back then um, we were just getting started. So we talked to Randall about, getting together and doing this event down in Colorado um, where we would charge a sell tickets, basically some camps, rent a giant Airbnb ranch and sell out all the bedrooms and get some cooks in to cook. 
and the first one was kind of pretty cut and paste and hacked together, but it, we got through it and everyone, you know, we didn't get any real bad reviews. Everyone had a great time and we were able to spin that into, we've, we've been doing multiple events with Randall. Of course, we do the Scablands tours with him, both the Scablands tours. We're getting ready to add a third Randall Carlson Scablands tour, which will start down in the Portland area and do the Columbia River Gorge and all that. But we've been doing the tours annually, two tours annually with Randall Carlson. And then we added in a Canyon event down in Utah with Dave Matheson and Brandon Powell, where we do a bunch of Wim Hof stuff up on the mountain and then go check out the two canyons and check out the stars at Bryce Canyon at night and do what we actually have. That one's coming up in like three weeks or four weeks here. It's uh, April 20th. We have that. There is still some availability on that. So we have a time. We go out to Bryce Camp, which I think is like the number five place in the world for viewing the stars. We go out there. We watch the sunset. We have the Dave Matheson, of course, he's a star guy. So he knows all the constellation. He shows us all those, and he tells us the mythology behind them all. And then we added uh, a magic event, which we do, and then we've added a Canadian winter event up here where we do some Wim Hof stuff, and we're getting ready to add a Mojave desert exploration event and like i said we had the randall carlson uh third tour that we're looking at adding next year as well we've got an eclipse event coming up in texas in 2024 i mean it took us to egypt already and it looks like south america might be on the docket it really has been quite the adventure of like i say it's kind of like a micro tour but it's on location so instead of getting randall and 10 other people and go into a hotel, we'll find a resort that's real close to all the Scablon stuff that he's talking about. And we'll stay there and we'll rent some vans and we'll feed you and we'll take you out every day. And Randall will show you the sites that he's talking about. And we'll go back and he'll do some presentations and stuff like that. So we've got actually another one of those coming up in right away here too in two months, in May 15th to 20th in Soap Lake, Washington. We've got that event. There's only, I know we sold another ticket today. So that's the thing about these events is we're not looking to sell hundreds of tickets. Like I think our soap Lake Lake event will max out at 35 people, maybe 40. I mean, we're looking at ways we can maybe flex that up to 40, but for the most part, none of our events other than Egypt, which wasn't our event, it was a collaboration. Um, but none of our events are ever really more than 40 attendees. And then we'll have usually eight to 10 people there to host and take care of and feed those attendees. Wow. And the reason why I call it like a podcast is because it's a bunch of great conversations happening. And and the the guest or whoever sort of is like the special, the special sort of present presenter or guest, you get to hang out with them all weekend too, or all week, you know, for example. I feel like such a slacker now. I just sit here and do everything in my studio. I barely get out of the house except to buy some milk. You guys are off the, the far-flung corners of Egypt. And Okay, so you threw out some names there. Uh, Wim Hof, who I, I interviewed many, many years ago, the Iceman, has this incredible ability to, I guess, what, control his, um, what do they call that, the auto... Uh, autonomic nervous autonomic system. Autonomic nervous system, right? So he can control his heart rate, his blood pressure maybe even his internal temperature he can he he's run marathons in uh, in the arctic in, in barefoot he's uh, you know been submerged in ice water climbed everest i think in his shorts as well that's right that's right so that's vim hoff you mentioned randall carlson uh, who's been on uh, with with joe rogan i know randall 
his work. I don't think I've ever interviewed him, but it mainly, you know, his thoughts and, and, and research into Atlantis. Um, uh, but you mentioned the Washington Scablands. So what, what's going on there? What are the Washington Scablands and, and uh, what are you going to do there? Well, that's like the remnants. That's the main remnants, the most pronounced sort of uh, geographical uh, remnants of the of what he calls the Younger Dryas Flood, which was like 11,800 years ago, I guess. And so we travel around from this home base in Soap Lake and we travel to all these different sites that are amazing, like a huge, you know, sandbar or the dry falls where, you know, he explains kind of what he thinks happened during the Younger Dryas which is kind of similar to the mainstream, but there's some major differences. Like they think it came from uh, Missoula in Montana and it kind of came down over many different times. And he thinks there was just one or two main massive floods that happened. This, uh, the Younger Dryas, does he have a theory? Do you have a theory as to what precipitated it? Some say it was like um, uh, an asteroid strike, some sort of a polar shift. What do you think? Or what does he think? Yeah, he thinks it's it's a combination of maybe asteroid, and he also has room for the, I guess, the solar theory of uh, Robert Shocks, like a sort of a CME type thing happening as well. Multiple things possibly, but he's leaning towards the, I would say the uh, the asteroid theory. Yeah. Um, so when you say it's like a coronal mass ejection, like a Carrington type event. I, I think that's what Robert Shocker, it, it might be a, a little bit different than that. I'm not sure, but I, I think he, he supposes that the sun had something to do with it. Mm. And, and um, I, I've been doing a couple of episodes on the eye of Africa. I had David Edward on yeah, yeah. Um, and um, David Stig Hansen, who's a fascinating guy, but I mean, his, his, his mind is off in a million directions all at once. I don't know if you've uh, interviewed David. He, he's been to, uh, the 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 Rishak structure twice uh, in just last year. Um, Carlson is not um, on board with uh, the Eye of Africa as being Atlantis, uh, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, right? He he doesn't think that the Eye of Africa was Atlantis. No, he thinks it's the in the Azores and the the Mid Atlantic. There, there's a huge ridge there, Mid Atlantic Ridge, and. He kind of looks at Plato's Plato's work and says that between the pillars of Heracles or whatever, and so he thinks it's out there through Gibraltar in the middle of the Atlantic. So that's it's interesting. I don't really know where I stand on that. I mean, I've we've also had a guest on that talked about it being in Egypt, like almost like Memphis in a way, or you know, in Egypt. So maybe it was uh, maybe it was more of a civilization and not a location. If I'm remembering correctly, Darren, you're more of the I don't know if skeptic is the right word. Would that be fair to say in 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 this uh, duo that you're the skeptic, kind of the? I don't yeah, know. Pro- for sure. Yeah, probably it's depends on what we're talking about. The skeptic in this duo, though. But <laughs> I, you know, I have a ton of time for Randall singers. He uh, he does a great argument for it being in the Azores, with you know it going down extra being extra submerged now because of isostatic depression and stuff like that. But the Egypt argument was pretty good. I mean, it was, it was pretty good. And I've always thought of when you see the pyramids in Mexico and in Egypt and everything, I've always sort of thought of Atlantis as if we don't take, cause everyone wants to just take Plato out his word, but you know, it, uh, I don't, you know, Plato is great, but maybe, we don't take him at his word. 
you could either have Atlantis being maybe a all of North America or like just everything. That's like, you know, today we call ourselves Earth or whatever. I think we call ourselves Earth or the world or the globe. You know, we have a couple different words for it. But if there was a civilization that was running around before, and it seems to be more and more increasing evidence that there was a civilization running around before. Advanced. Advanced. Then uh, maybe they just called their, their stuff Atlantis. They called it Atlantis. Earth was called Atlantis. Right. Or there was the Roman Empire. There was Atlantis. Yeah. And if it was in North America, it got trashed. Because, you know, this, if there's one thing that I've uh learn traveling the North American landscape is that it got trashed by a whole lot what would seem to be a whole lot of water at some point in time. So anything that was here, you know, pre thirteen thousand years ago is gone. It's just it's simply gone. You go look at all the different slot canyons that are a thousand feet deep in Utah and you look at Zion Canyon and you look at Bryce Canyon and you look at the Washington Scablands and you look at all these yellow, even the Yellowstone Canyon. I mean, those, those kind of that kind of landscape doesn't exist any place else in the world. And there's a reason for that. It's because a whole ton of water came through. It would seem to be North America. So any civilization that was existing here before that, because I think the ice stopped, you know, right at not far below the Canada USA border, right? Like maybe 200, maybe 200 miles south of the Canada USA border. And all that down there is like temperate forest. Um, the seasons probably aren't nearly as severe as they are now. And so basically from there down is just game on. Who knows what was going on, but it seems like a whole lot. And they were able to do a bunch of miraculous things with stone, not just in North America, you know, and you see the sites in Saudi Arabia, Lebanon, Turkey, Egypt. All right. Darren Grimes, Graham Dunlop, co-hosts of Grimerica. Grimerica.com, all of the uh, details are in the episode notes. We'll take a quick time out, come back, and uh, delve further into uh, the world as they see it. Stay with us. Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Ladies and gentlemen, the captain has turned on the fasten seatbelt sign. We're now crossing a zone of turbulence. Please return your seats and food trays to their upright position and make sure your carry-on luggage is safely stowed. You're about to leave everything you know behind. This is Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. Strange Planet. Darren Grimes, Graham Dunlop are the co-hosts producers, writers, researchers, editors of Grimerica, and uh, its offshoot, its um, uh, spinoff, Grimerica Outlawed. So let's just talk a little bit about the evolution of uh, Grimerica. Um, back in 2013, it was, it was what, primarily 
the the paranormal conspiracies, but it's it's evolved since then. Just kind of walk us through, give us a brief overview of the evolution of Grimerica. Yeah, it started out with um, like when we met you back then. I met you at the 2013 UFO Congress. That was a big sort of part of of it back then was UFOs and paranormal mysteries, and we found that listeners really enjoyed telling us their stories. Everybody wanted to be heard, their sightings and their synchronicities and their experiences. And so we kind of incorporated that into the show quite a bit. Um, and that was, you know, that was one of the real reasons why I think we became fairly successful. But then, you know, we got to the more of the, in the age of 20, you know, 18, 19, 20, where things got a little bit more censorious. We started getting censored for reasons why we never thought we would before. You know, we had Del Bigtreon talking about, you know, vaccines before, like in 2017. And we kind of noticed, why are we being censored for this? And uh, so that we, was when we got taken. We just got taken completely off the iTunes charts because we were consistently in the top 25. And uh, yeah. I, I can't remember the category, society and culture, something like that. We we're consistently in the top 25 and uh, top 50 for sure. And uh, we had Del Bigtreon and boom. Wow. We were we've we've never cracked the top 100 again. That was back when the, there was some discoverability in Apple Podcasts. Like you could actually just go to the podcast thing and you would see that. That seems to have sort of gone away. So, you know, we we um and then when COVID hit and we kind of got uh, you know censored a little bit more, and then we started discussing with ourselves. Like we started having a struggle with do we do we talk about this on our show in the intros? Do we talk about it? Do we not? Do we address it? So we thought we need to start up another show to approach some of these really the more controversial topics. And, uh, you know, our YouTube channel was getting strikes, so we only had, you know, our, our audio podcast mainly. So we came up with, uh, you know, Grimerica Outlawed as a, as a feed, like the second half is for subscribers only, um, kind of like the higher side chat model. And we decided to to hit hit it really hard on some of the more deeper controversial stuff. And so we'll keep this brand like Grimerica a little bit lighter into you know, the mysteries and the paranormal. And of course there is a huge overlap sometimes as well, but we wanted to put out more content uh, at the same time. So we thought that'd be a good way to do it. So that's really like only on audio. And we put that on rumble now too, and on Rockfin. but yeah, it's, uh, it's getting a little bit deeper into stuff. Grimerica outlawed is. And yeah. yeah. And um, now with Grimerica. I mean, in a nutshell, it was to yeah. push back on COVID protocols in Canada fairly hard and around the world. And vaccine mandates. I mean, we just couldn't do that with with a regular show. You couldn't say anything about it, or you risk completely losing your brand. Vitamin D, even we couldn't talk about. Yeah, anything. and we were arguing to get uh, amongst each other about how we're going to deal with it because I was like, well, you know, my argument was we've been at it an awful long time to just get torched off of everything. And Graham's argument, which was you know just as good, was that it's like we're living through the conspiracy we got to like say something about it and so we we settled on well we'll just start a whole new show sure enough it was kicked off of everything right away but we we did the membership model and because we already had a bit of standing with our previous show we were able to get a few hundred people over right away and sign up for the monthly which enabled us to you know the whole all of our plus stuff it's all self-hosted and that, you know, with that money, we're able to self-host it, all of our, the Grimerica show, all of our websites, everything now is hosted on. I mean, we don't own the servers, 
but uh, with they're hosted in a place that takes, you know, we have a guy that looked into it to find the place that's least likely to torture you without at least fighting the government in court. And there's really no way to censor that RSS feed of a podcast. Like we do still have that sort of last bastion of free speech in the audio RSS feed. Right, right. Yeah, you'll get the uh, learn more, more about COVID uh, warning occasionally. Uh, but yeah, they don't, they don't uh, disappear you. Um, yeah, it, it's interesting uh, because we both, I mean, I started a radio program in the, um, in 2000 actually, and then it, dealing with conspiracies and very heavy into 9-11 um, a year later, you know, just that took over the show. And then different radio stations, terrestrial radio stations doing this kind of content um, and talking about all of these things that we're now living through, you know, 20 years later, and you guys have gone on the same journey, you know, starting in 2013, I know, but just talk to me a little bit about how that feels where everything, I mean, I have to be honest, when I was talking to people 20 years ago about, oh, there's going to be uh, the emergence of a, you know, a me medical uh, industrial tyranny and there's going to be a cashless society and digital currency and, and all of this. I don't know that I bought into it. I just thought, well, this is interesting, but this isn't, this can't happen. And here we are. And now it's, it's not conspiracy anymore. It's tomorrow's headlines. Having gone through that a similar journey, I know, talk to me how that feels. Yeah, it's it's hard sometimes to be honest. It's it's I I struggle almost on a regular basis to try and stay positive about what's happening, you know, because for once it wasn't just talking about something that wasn't really directly affecting you. Now, this is starting to affect everybody in their personal lives. Like for the first time sort of well, besides 9/11 having a direct effect on some people and of course an indirect effect with the Patriot Act and all that that happened, but during COVID, it was it was different because this was now affecting my family and my friends and everybody in our country and the world. And, you know, if you follow the official data and see the the media lying about it, it's it was it's it's hard. It's it's very it can be very dark, you know, when you see what they're saying and what we actually see when we just go one layer deep into the data. So for me, it's sort of a struggle to stay. And we've talked about this so much on the show about having to stay positive and manifest our, you know, a, a better future and not get stuck in that doom scrolling of what's really happening in the world. So for me, that's kind of my, my personal, you know, emotional struggle constantly. Darren's kind of handles it a little bit differently. Well, I just, I don't know. It was, it was, it was kind of like, uh, as you were going through it, there was a bunch of different stuff. I mean, I was probably, later than most of the conspiracy side of stuff. I mean, I've always had a major problem with authority um, my whole life. That's just been a thing, you know, and from school to cops when I got older to the government. Now, I've, I mean, the government being the seemingly end opponent. But after, because um, like uh, we were even late to 9-11, we didn't start the show as we weren't going to get into conspiracies. That was like a whole level of controversy we weren't going to entertain and then you know we were doing conspiracies and then you know now people say we're on the front of the culture war or whatever the whatever it is i don't know what it is I, I would call it more of like the rebellion at this point i don't know what it is it's just we're getting steamrolled but at the same time 
you know, the years through COVID have been the most successful in my life. You know, we've been able to grow different things from leaps and leaps and bounds. And personally, things are going great and interrelationally. And, you know, so, and at the end, he's just seen the, the, all of it was a real clear sign on just how weak the competitive pool is. I mean, it just it made me, I'm optimistic about it all. I mean, I was having a conversation today with the lady at the post office about, because now the regular people are kind of be like, Hey man, do you think we're going to run out of food? I mean, this is what happened to me at the post office today when I go to check the PO box and like, Hey, you think we're going to run out of food? And I'm like, well, I mean, I'm not going to run out of food. I know that. What do you mean? And she's like, well, because this is the post office in the shopper's drug mart. Um, I don't know what the equivalent will be in the States, but. Uh, Walgreens. Yeah, like a Walgreens. So anyway, and then, you know, they just start asking me questions about the shelves being empty and it being weird about this and weird about that. So it's kind of, a, it's kind of finally hitting the. The mainstream, the, kind of? the mainstream, and she's a little less mainstream than most for sure. But it's still, it's starting to sink in, and that's a, the same thing I said. Is I mean, if you're if you're paying attention, if you're trying, if you're just not watching TV all day, all night, or playing video games or some other bullshit, the competition has never been weaker. I mean, it's literally. And people say it's harder to get ahead. I think it's the complete opposite. I think it's never been easier because every, the level of insecurity and competence and entitlement is at an all-time high. And just if you're, especially if you're younger, I mean, if you're in your 20s, if you're in your mid-20s, 30s, there's just less of you. There's just, you know, we're, we're hitting that late we're hitting that labor shortage i mean it's just like across all sectors the future i don't think has ever been brighter for people who want who have some initiative and who have some initiative that being said i don't know that the future's ever been darker for the for the rest of the herd and we're stuck in a system where the herd gets to decide my fate which i di really didn't think was a problem even 4 years ago and now i'm like man a 30 you guys would have put my ass in a cap <laughs> 30 and another 30 want to come take my guns and you know i'm not okay with either of those things and you know i i could just see where it started where the I mean, i've separated myself from the mob so much so that i have to start to fear its legislative power if if the votes matter for you know Best case scenario, the vote counts. Best case scenario is they're actually counting the votes and that's how they're figuring out who's running the place. But all of these people are just so manipulatable by, by whatever they put on the television, which for anyone who's been paying any like low level of attention, not even like a lot, just a little bit, if you've been paying a little bit of attention for the last three years, it's abundantly clear that they'll just lie to you about anything at any time to get the reactions out of you that they want. And it's to the point where they clearly don't even care that people like us exist because we're just not kicking up enough shit to, to stop the boat. You know, it's like the people on the Titanic that are like, Hey man, there's a bunch of icebergs up there. And everyone's like, shut the fuck up, man. We're partying. Yeah, they are. Increasingly people like it don't matter. It's unsinkable. And then, you know, they are increasingly brazen uh, 
and audacious in their, uh, and they don't even, as you say, they don't even try and cover up. They are completely transparent at this point. <laughs> they, don't try, they don't try and cover up their lies. It's just like oh, throwing down the gauntlet. What are you going to do about it? You know, they feel so emboldened in large measure because of a totally, well, the, the news, the legacy media has totally abandoned. Uh, it's just non-functional. We have a non-functioning news media so they can do whatever they want. Uh, we'll take another time out and uh, come back. More of my conversation with Darren Grimes and Graham Dunlop, co-hosts of Grimerica and Grimerica Outlawed. It's time to redefine reality. This is Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. All right, let's um, let's raise a little consciousness here and maybe um, get into some more positivity. Talk to me about uh, free energy. You uh, you both believe that we are on the cusp, perhaps, of um, some new revolutionary disruptive energy technology. I'm agnostic to that personally. Graham could speak to that better. I can just say that people who I respect a lot. And who, if they told me something was true, 99 times out of 100, I would believe them. And then some, not only that, there's some of the smartest motherfuckers I know or have ever met are all in, are like all in. So it's hard not to get caught up in the excitement. Now, Graham has actually gone through and watched all the videos, so he could speak to it a little bit better. I don't know. It's a little over our heads, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is completely over my head, but I mean, I can just explain what what my opinion is of it or, you know, what I think is happening. But I, I think we're going to enter into an implosive, implosive energy revolution. And this is going back to Randall Carlson again and his partner, Bradley Young. And uh, I mean, there's a conspiratorial aspect to it as well. I mean, the inventor of this technology has met with Randall for weeks and weeks. They've gone over all this stuff. They're putting out a bunch of videos coming out very soon, like very soon, like probably, you know, HowTube is going to have a series of videos, probably 15 videos on explaining the this in detail. But I mean, he's come up with, um, you know, the the resonant frequency of of um, the <clears throat> the the elements, and he's talked about how to create this uh, this technology based on. I mean, for you, for you and your listeners, the genesis story of this is going to be incredible perfect it's like based on ancient wisdom and the vajra so it's bringing back this ancient wisdom into our world through this technology that can what they say and i've seen videos of this working i mean <clears throat> the same videos i think randall has seen um they 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 have this uh, way that they can ionize this water then extract these plasmoids out of it they bubble it extract plasmoids send it through this what they call the thunderstorm generator which creates this energy and it cleans out this exhaust as well so it's a way that they can basically it's not free energy but once you get it going and it gets to temperature then you can you can set this thing on and it'll clean the exhaust and create like at least double efficiency on these things so you can retrofit cars you can retrofit all those chandra generators in africa like thousands and thousands of those generators that are just coughing out pollution. So you can retrofit those. 
I mean, he's talking about planetary power plants. I mean, it goes everything to space travel, all kinds of stuff. And this presentation will show all that. So, you know, we've luckily we've been sort of friends with Randall and there's a, a trust factor there. So we've been sort of in touch with, with these guys on what they're doing. And, and I mean, I think it's, I think it's going to happen here. And Joe Rogan had them on. And I, I think it's fine for me to say this. Most people that are following it kind of know, and he's, he hasn't released the episode yet. He wanted to vet it a little bit further. So of course this inventor has been a while now, dude. It's, it's been, been a while like, now. So dude, he, dude, over a month. It has to yeah. be over a month now. Yeah. So he's sitting on it. Yeah, as far as I know, it's the only Rogan episode that's been recorded and not released. And so Randall Carlson was on with his this Malcolm Bendall, Malcolm the inventor. Bendall. Yep, yep. Okay. On and, Rogan, and they and they're they're sitting on it. They, and what did they brought? What did they bring? Like a not a prototype, but they brought schematics. They brought some sort of a demonstration. Yeah, not a physical demonstration, but uh, Joe was pretty. Randall said Joe was pretty. He was. He had to bring him back a l quite a bit to the technology because he was trying to vet Malcolm out. Like there's some, there's been some mainstream smearing of of this guy um, about his past. So Ro Joe was kept sort of trying to vet this kind of thing, and Randall kept trying to bring him back to the technology. But so we'll see. I mean, the 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 weird thing is, does this increase the increase the exposure in a way because it's like, why isn't Joe doing this? You know, or is Joe protecting Randall from this? Like, because people have been accusing him of maybe being, you know, being scammed, that kind of thing. Um, also, you know, Joe could just be he might not want to put his his hat on anything until he does vet it and he realizes if this is true or not. But I mean, the reason why Malcolm is interested is connecting with Randall on this is because Malcolm has been following all Randall's sacred geometry. And this whole thing is based on sacred geometry. I mean, he's got, you know, it's, he's got time involved and, and the matter and the ether and all the, all the dimensions of the apparatus is based on sacred geometry. So for us, who's interested in all these things, it's like, it's like the, the way you would want a new technology to come into the world, you know? So, uh, assuming that Joe Rogan doesn't release this episode anytime soon, what's what's the next step? What's is, how are they going to get this out to the public? Well, I think I'm you're going to see you're going to see all the videos on HowTube. That's where Randall's been putting a lot of his work, his educational work. HowTube is kind of, I think, for instructional videos and stuff like that. So you're going to see them come out on on HowTube very soon, and um, and then you know I'm not sure about the communication plan from there. I mean. There's there is some pretty big players getting involved as well, and it seems like this is moving forward. and And per, my personal opinion is that this is out of the bag, the cat's out of the bag, and it can't be put back in now. And I think that they're already aware of this. Like it's not like you can just chop off one guy's head and this thing goes away. I mean, he wants to put it out in open source. It not open source, but what's the other word? when you just throw it out there. Um, I was going to say open source. I didn't know there was another. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe open source, but he wants to put it out. He's got all his, like all his notes and stuff out there for people to see. And he, he's getting it out there so that it can't be kind of squashed. And, oh, you know, Stanley Myers car, right? The, yeah. the car that ran on water. It's very similar to that. Not very similar, but there is a, a part of it that's similar. So he says that Stanley Meyer was actually generating plasmoids in that little thing that he was using. So right. this is a little bit different because it doesn't run on water, but water recycles and helps it run on gas, something like that. So, so I think um, I think the government's already, you know, when when Randall teased this on Joe Rogan, uh, the government started talking about their over unity 
and their Lawrence Livermore labs, all of a sudden, all this stuff came out about the government's, you know, Chinese spy balloons and like all that was literally like that night they're shooting down UFOs like a couple, like a week later. Oh, it was the big wild, like, yeah, yeah, well, I don't or, know what it was, but it was just like weird because the the mainstream media was talking about strange propulsion that we don't understand. Like fucking a week after my buddy's podcast won't get released on Joe Rogan. I don't know why. I mean, I've heard Joe have some pretty crazy episodes released on that feed of his. And I'm not judging. I have crazier ones. I guarantee it. We've interviewed dudes from McDonald's that were talking about aliens from Planet Serpo. But so Joe's had some crazy stuff to not have this one on because it's, you know, it yeah. seems uh, too big. Maybe it's too big for him. Um yeah, you could at this point you might just not want to upset the apple cart. You got a pretty good thing going. I mean, for a hundred million, I could shut the fuck up too. <laughs> Maybe he should get on Russell Brand. He's a he's a loose cannon. He'll put it out yeah, there. He's been doing great work lately. I would say that that intersection is inevitable. It's just a matter of time. How do you guys feel about um Jordan Peterson? He wants Dr. Jordan Peterson wanting to start or he has already, I think he's already sort of filed all the paperwork. I think it's an, it's now an actual corporate entity and, and so forth. He wants to, to create a, um, an organization to oppose the World Economic Forum. I think he's registered in, in, in uh, London. He's brought in Bjorn Lornborg, who's kind of the sensible environmentalist. Any thoughts on that? Um, Darren, go ahead. Well, I, you know, I, 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 I like Jordan personally. I don't know how much we could trust him. Um, but I like him. And anything that's pushing back in the uh, against the WF, I think, is a good thing. I'm pushing back against the WEF as hard as I can. So the enemy of my enemy is my friend for the time being. At least, and Jordan has been, you know, arguably one of the most inspirational people in my personal journey, having read all his books and seen a lot of his videos. It's hard for me to put him in that camp as being evil. That's not Neutral to say or something. Yeah. That's not to say it can't happen. It's just that I'm in too deep to see it myself. But personally, you know, I have nothing but respect for, I mean, he cries a bit much. He's, he's a bit much sometimes for sure. But He's just a little dork who got the weight of the world thrown on his shoulders. I mean, I could barely handle that. And he's just a little dude who's a psychiatrist who grew up in nowhere's town, Alberta, and was probably like picked on his most of his life until he became a teacher. And then is now like the most one of the most famous people in the world that's just can't go anywhere without, you know, probably getting mostly positive attention, but at the same time, having the ire of the empire seemingly everywhere he goes. I don't know how I would handle that. Yeah, that's a bit much for uh, anybody. Yeah. You want to talk about UFOs and, and um, CE5s making contact? Yeah. Well, I mean, my, my, uh, just uh, my little pet theory about, about what's happening with these objects that were getting shot down and, and UFOs is, um, you know, I'm not sure about the blue beam aspects so far, you know, how far that's going to go. But I do think they're going to use these because they're calling them objects now for some reason instead of UAPs. They were supposed to come out with this new terminology, but the mainstream couldn't help but specifically calling them objects. And I think 
my conspiratorial brain goes to like a prediction of um, maybe they're going to use this to say, well, we've reversed some technology here or we found a technology in here that we don't know who's made it, but it's an exotic technology that needs to be protect. You know, we need to protect everybody. It's dangerous. I mean, I think they could use this shooting down these objects. I mean, we haven't heard what the wreckage is yet shooting down these objects um, to maybe, maybe try and keep a lid on this new energy, you know? They can call it whatever, fusion or cold fusion, or they're splitting hydrogen in this technology or something. And uh, we got to we gotta be careful about this. We can't have people making this stuff in their basement. We got to regulate it. We got to control it. So I, I feel like they got, they're going to keep that little, those little downed objects in their back pocket for some extracurricular um, narratives. So you believe that these, whatever they were, that were drifting for days across North America, they spent, you know, $400,000 on a missile to shoot down one of these. You, you think that they are, of, they could be of extraterrestrial origin? No, I don't think so. No, I think they're, I think they're, um, I think they're from the breakaway civilization, like Dolan would say, you know, whatever, whatever sort of uh, supranational, international organizations flying these things around. I, I think they're man-made probably. I don't think we'd be shooting down ET stuff. Um, but since we've talked back in 2013, 14, I mean, we've, I've done some CE5s in Calgary and we've had success. We've seen lots of things and, I, but I just don't know if those things are actually ET or not either. I mean, I mean, I, I just want to keep an open mind a little bit, but when we go out there with love in our hearts and a good intention and we meditate and try and see stuff, we do see stuff. So it's, it's very strange, big flash bulbs in the sky. We saw some, some, uh, what we called uh, like fly flybys of like just a silent light in airspace flying over from one side to the the next. Uh, some interesting spinning lights and stuff like that. Really, really fascinating. So I've seen enough to know that hey, we can manifest stuff. But do we want to? Like then I started thinking, do we want to make contact with anything? Right. And um, Darren, what what do you think of? Uh, I mean, have you have you? I, I don't know. I, I get the sense as the skeptic that. This is not something I, uh, you want it necessarily any part of, you know, summoning <laughs> UFOs and. Well, I like the woods. You like the woods. Um, you I've seen a lot of, a lot of stars. I mean, I don't think, I just don't think they're aliens or ships. I just think they're like stars and stuff that, you know, there's night phenomena that probably we used to be pretty comfortable with, well, you know, a couple hundred years ago and just. And now it's just that we just don't look at the sky enough to just really, because when I go out and I look at the stars and I'm not trying to summon shit, I'm just looking at the stars I'm enjoying and I'll see stuff, the same sort of stuff. I don't mean, I don't know about the flashballs, but I'll definitely see the stuff shooting all over and tons of satellites and they're going in directions. They're supposedly not supposed to go in because they're not supposed to orbit North South and but I just like, yeah, just, you know, I don't know. It's never just never been my thing. Just never been my thing. I've seen a UFO and uh, I still didn't give a fuck. I just. <laughs> do you, is there friction with you guys? Do you get, do you get frustrated with each other because. No, no, not over that kind of stuff. Mostly just over business stuff, like stupid stuff too. Like he's like, uh, this is my job now. Like I'm not. Yeah. So. And it's an interesting dynamic that you two have interesting chemistry it, it served you well 
Yeah, I like his opinion on stuff. I, I go to him for opinions all the time. So it's just we have different views on like ETs and UFOs and stuff like that. But it's funny because as you know, you talked about the transition going in towards the last few years, like he's become more conspiratorial in some ways than me about certain things. So, you know, he's not always the skeptic. Sometimes I'm skeptical about certain things as well. Darren Grimes, Graham Dunlop, co-hosts of Grimerica and Grimerica Outlawed, Grimerica.com. Uh, this is uh, this is going to air in a couple of weeks, but um, I don't know. Look ahead a couple of months. Do you have a big show on the horizon that you want to promote or another? Uh, uh, you mentioned some events. Anything that you want to promote that's going to happen, let's say, I don't know, towards the end of April? Well, we have an event over at contactatthecabin.com. We have an event in April in Utah, the star event, April 20th, 24th. We have a, it's a 420 event. There'll probably be some weed flying around. Um, we have the Randall Carlson Scablands tour, May 15th to 20th. And then we have another Randall Carlson Montana tour, September 18th to 23rd. And then we got another event in Canada for Canadians who are, can't get their unvaccinated asses into the USA yet. We're doing a Canadian event in uh, Invermere, BC at the Hot Springs. And that's November 9th to 12th uh, this year as well. And the the only other one I could say for sure, but I mean, that's all that's on sale now. So that's, I'll leave it at that. I think that's enough, my Lord. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other thing I should mention is we have, uh, we have almost a hundred audiobooks for sale on Audible and iTunes and all that. Uh, that Graham's narrated. I wrote a couple of them. Most of them are, you know, Blavatsky stuff, Manly P. Hall stuff, stuff that's been sort of been forgotten in the public domain. We've been trying to get out as much of that out to the world on audio as possible. People can find all that at adultbrain.ca. couple of books that Richard might like because he had a show called The Conspiracy Show back then. Proofs of a Conspiracy by John Robison about the, uh, the secret societies and all that. That's on there. And then Nesta Webster's uh, Secret Societies and Subversive Movements. That's also on there. So we've got a couple classic conspiracies as well. Also, uh, Ted Kaczynski's Unabomber Manifesto is on there. So a lot of ancient wisdom, a lot of kind of uh, old conspiracy books as well. Fantastic. You guys are doing amazing work. So prolific. Congratulations and uh, my best wishes for future success. 10 years it's been since we talked. We won't leave it 10 years again for the next time. But thank you so much, both of you. Great meeting you again. Thanks. A new Richard Serrett's Strange Planet drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. 